0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Thanks for joining another episode of The ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow for SB Live Sports. If you're listening to this, you are probably a frequent listener. If so, we appreciate that. Hit that subscribe button, write a review, share, Um, all of the things that SB Live Sports is doing um, throughout the country at the high school sports level, as well as my the ISO podcast. Uh, Let us know how we're doing. Let us know how we can continue to improve. Um, But if you're listening, you are probably aware that we are now bringing the ISO podcast five times a week. Throughout the summertime, we were twice a week, but with going back to school, wanted to pick up our coverage and content. Um, And so we are now at five times a week. Today, September 8th, our mailbag episode. So um, appreciate everybody starting to send some questions our way. You can either email them to me at Dickow at scorebooklive.com. You can direct message me on either Instagram or Twitter at DanDickow21. And you can also uh, message SB Live Sports um, on the Twitter as well as the Instagram platform. So, got a couple good questions today. What usually we try to do with these mailbag episodes is pick three questions. And I try to dive in depth on them and and share some thoughts or some experiences um, that I have in regards to these questions. So the first question comes from Sue in Ridgefield, Washington. And she writes, what was your most memorable story from playing overseas? Well, thanks, Sue, for the question. But... uh, Yes, I played overseas a couple different occasions. The first time for myself traveling overseas was when I was in between years transferring from the University of Washington to Gonzaga. I played for an Athletes in Action uh, team, which Athletes in Action, if you're not aware of, it's a faith-based sports organization where they use the, the platform of the gospel uh, to be able to share their love of sports and their love of um, God and his word uh, to people across the country. So many times you'll take a tour, you'll go to another country for a week or two, you'll play a number of games, um, you'll kind of have a chance to share your life story, um, the importance that you place in God and share about your faith. Uh, while you do this, a lot of times you'll also put on clinics for kids and youth in the area. So the the year that I did this, as I mentioned, it was 1999. It was between UW and Gonzaga. Um, for me, uh, I was on a group that went to Poland and Croatia, and it was a unbelievable experience for me. I'd never traveled outside of the country other than going to Canada, so I went, um, as I mentioned, Poland and Croatia. We played five or six games um, total over the course of the trip, um, you know. And in that particular um, overseas trip, we played in a town called Slavonski Brod in Croatia. And that town um, was where there was a a lot of fighting during the the war between Serbia and Croatia that had just ended a couple years before. And so um, it was still kind of uh, an area that was being rebuilt after multiple uh, battles, uh, I guess you could say. The hotel that we stayed in was actually... um, uh still being repaired while we were there. There was uh um uh, bullet holes still in that were, were being repaired in, in a lot of the, the the walls of the hotel. There was a park uh two, three blocks away that we were told not to go to. There was still um some landmines in the park and we were told uh you can go for a walk, you can go see the city, just don't go into that um into, into that park because it hasn't been fully cleared uh, and then the other thing I remember about that trip in particular and being in Slavonsky Broad uh, there was a river uh, that um, was just on the outskirts of town and there was a bridge that crossed the river and I guess this would have been you know uh, one of the major ways to get to this area um, both uh, railroad and Uh, by by car and uh the bridge was bombed and it was just destroyed right in the middle and so this was as I mentioned a couple years after you know that conflict that war um and it still had not been rebuilt um so that was one of my first experiences of being overseas but um for the two times that I played overseas I I played a short stint for a team in Italy called uh in the southern part of Italy for a team called S.S. Scandoni Avellino. Um, you know, the two memories that I have most vividly that I can quickly share um, playing for that team actually have to do with people and friends from back home in the States uh, that I knew. Uh, the first one would have been we're, with that team we were up in – uh Bormio, Italy, uh, which is in in the northern part of the, the country, um, it's the Italian Alps where many teams would go have uh, their training camp. So we were up there for about 10 days or so, and we're about four or five days into training camp, and we're in the middle of a scrimmage, a practice game against another team. I believe we were t- playing a team from Russia at the time. And I'm sitting on the bench, I think it's towards the end of the fourth quarter, I'm done for the day playing, and I'm just sitting there, and in walks another team. And <laughs> on that team was one of my best friends from college um, at Gonzaga, a guy by the name of Mario Cassoon. Um He was never deemed eligible by the NCAA to play at, college, at the NCAA level, so he couldn't play at Gonzaga. Um, but he was still drafted, he played a year or two in the NBA before he went back and played professionally in Europe, and so he walks into the gym for, I believe it was F.S. Pilsen, um, which is a, a, a tremendous team from Turkey, he walks into the gym, and we lock eyes, and we hadn't seen each other, and pfft, about four or five years and it was it was a surreal moment because it was so unique that basketball uh, had created this friendship for the two of us we hadn't talked uh, in a couple years and we see each other in of all places Bormio Italy while both of our teams are at training camp so we quickly talked after the game the next night uh, we both had some free time we were able to to connect and go to, to dinner together and just talk life Uh, we we've messaged each other we've texted each other uh, since then um, but I haven't seen him in person since then that was uh, an unbelievable memorable story for me uh, during my time in in Italy another one when I was in Italy was uh, we would have been um, we were done with training camp this would have been a few weeks later and we had a practice game about an hour and a half bus ride from where Avelino is. And all I'm told is we're playing a team from Greece. That's all I know. And so we walk into the gym and we're playing a team from Greece. Well, lo and behold, um, it was, uh, I believe the team was Pinoinos out of Athens and walk into the gym and a friend from Portland, a guy that I had played with a number of times, um, From growing up in the Portland area Aaron Miles who played at Kansas who played at Jefferson High School in Portland was on the other team Um, he didn't know I was with Avellino I didn't know he was with uh, his team from Greece Uh, so that was a big shock and a big surprise played each other head head to head that night I believe our team won Um, talked to him for a bit after the game before we got right back on the bus for an hour and a half bus ride back to Avellino as they Kind of were touring Italy and playing a number of different teams. I think a memorable story for me, for my time in Germany, would have been Bamberg, um, where we played. Uh, Bros Baskets is the name of the the team over there. Uh, They were maybe the most passionate fans that I have ever encountered. And I don't know if people understand that or would believe me, but Gonzaga's fans are great. Tremendous. Uh, some of the best fans you're going to see in all of, of college basketball. But uh, the fans in in Bomberg, Germany, were unbelievable. They were on another level. And, you know, the pregame introductions, there were fireworks in the arena. There was sparklers. Um, you, you felt like uh, the arena was going to burn down. And on big plays i've never been in a louder gym in my whole entire life and i've said this before where uh, i think the old kennel for gonzaga is louder than the mccarthy athletic center Um, but the arena yako arena in Bomberg, i've never been in a louder arena Um, it it was a really fun place to play at so those are a couple memorable stories that i quickly have from being overseas Uh, there's So many stories that that myself and and my wife have uh, in our short stints overseas that um, we need to write a book because people wouldn't understand and and believe some of the things that that happened to us and we went through. And some people that have played overseas for 8, 10 years have told me they never went through any of the things that that we went through or had the situations or the circumstances uh, pop up for them that we went through. Next question, Ryan from Green Bay, Wisconsin. If name image likeness was in play, how would you have navigated it? That is a very difficult and uh, challenging question to answer. And the reason why is because um, the landscape of college sports has changed so much in the last 20 years. The landscape of Controlling your own message as a college athlete has changed in college sports, as it has in, in professional sports, because of social media. Uh, Facebook was, I believe, just starting to become um, somewhat popular or known, um, but I had no interest in in being on on Facebook. I had no in, interest in being in what would have been MySpace. The you know most. Um, kind of popular social media platform at the time. I had no interest in that. Twitter, Instagram, those weren't nowhere near being um, introduced at that point in time. You know, I think for me, what I was most focused on during my college time was how can I be the best player that I can be so that I have a chance uh, to win games at Gonzaga, have a successful career, and then have a chance to get – Uh, to what was my ultimate goal the NBA Um, so that's a hard one to answer I know I'm dancing around a little bit but you know I I think if NIL was around then um, I'm sure I would have found a way to um, be connected in some way shape or form with a couple businesses in the Spokane area that may have wanted me to be a spokesperson or do a commercial or something like that. I would have wanted to, um, but I don't know how much time or ability I would have had to execute a a contract that made sense for both sides because there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, I've also been asked the question about, you know, um, what Gonzaga players would have been able to make money off of this, and and I'm being very honest, I don't think I would have made much money off of name, image, likeness at all because um, I wasn't really a, a, a known name until my senior year when things really started picking up, playing well. We started creeping up in the in the rankings across the country before we finished, you know, sixth in the country in the final AP poll, and and I was named an All American. So there really wasn't, I don't think, a huge buzz or an opportunity for me there the only Gonzaga players I think would have had a true opportunity to make a decent amount of money uh Adam Morrison would have been the first one uh, because he was so unique with his personality and he was so good on the court um and then Rui Hachimura because of his uh, background and, and his following in in Japan would have been a no-brainer um but there's been so many other really good players that have come through Gonzaga that would have made some money you know guys like a Kelly guys like um Brandon Clark Corey Kispert um you know may have taken advantage but I think Rui and Adam Morrison would have really been the only ones that could have made some uh the most recent guys you know I think Jalen Suggs I could probably include in that Rui Hachimura category um Chet Holmgren will definitely make some this year. Drew Timmy will make some. But the landscape of how you can promote yourself with social media has changed. And so that's why I think guys now would have the ability to make it as opposed to years ago that you wouldn't have been able to. Josh from Orlando, Florida. He writes in, what was your welcome to the NBA moment? Um. You know that that's that's there's there's a lot of welcome to the NBA moments I think that you have as a young player one the first one is you know being drafted the excitement of that the second one is going back and, and meeting the the front office and the coaching staff that just drafted you and your teammates and meeting the media back there and for the first time, and really kind of seeing okay, this is real this is these are the people i 'm going to be uh, spending time with at, at practice uh, preparing for games, being on the road with. Um, you know, I think that's a welcome to the NBA moment. But I think really, I think what you're you're getting at and asking is, um, you know, game wise and or practice wise, what, what was your welcome to the NBA moment? Well, uh, maybe the first welcome to the NBA moment on a game day, on a game day would have been in preseason, my rookie year, um, having to provide Krispy Kreme donuts uh, f- for the vets. Um, that was a task that I had to handle. Um, and it's typical of most rookies across the NBA and the world of professional sports. You got to do some errand for the vets, uh, every game day. Um, luckily I had some, some solid vets who, who didn't ask me to do it every single game day, but I had to do it plenty. And so it would have been taking Krispy Kreme donuts. Um, and from my apartment where I lived in Atlanta to get down to Phillips arena, um, was about fifteen minutes, twenty eight if there was traffic, but if I had to go to Krispy Kreme, it was on a whole other side of town and it would make you know, it would make about a forty five minute to an hour drive to get the donuts and get get to Phillips Arena for shoot around. So that was a welcome to the NBA moment. But I think what you're getting at is uh, in a game moment. You're welcome to the NBA moment. And I think my first true NBA game, regular season game where in the preseason you're getting your feet wet most uh, teams will play rookies to get them a chance to play you might play you know 22 23 minutes um, thinking that with the coaching staff wanting to get you comfortable and you might be leaving the game thinking okay well I'm a big part of the rotation well that changes pretty quickly when it becomes uh, an NBA regular season game Uh, I remember Uh, My first game, I probably played, I want to say, about eight minutes. I had, I think, two stints uh, during that game, one in the first half, one in the second. And the first true welcome to the NBA moment on court um, was I had to guard Jason Kidd. And I matched up against Jason Kidd uh, in the New Jersey Nets. And my first shot was... Not what you would want as an NBA rookie. You would love to have your first shot, just a rhythm jump shot, maybe a steal and an easy bucket in in transition where you gain some confidence. Well, I remember clearly, uh, shot clock was winding down. Glenn Big Big Dog Robinson didn't want to take the shot with you know two on the shot clock, so he he threw it to me. And I literally just had to catch it and heave it so that we didn't have a shot clock uh, violation. So that was, a, that was a welcome to the NBA moment. My first NBA bucket was that same game. Um, drove left and finished with a little left-hand um, running hook off the glass. I'll, I'll never forget uh, my first NBA bucket. That was definitely a, an exciting moment. I still have the basketball from that first NBA game too, which is pretty cool. So appreciate everyone for... Their interest in the ISO, like I mentioned at the top, subscribe, like, review, uh, share with people um, if you like what we're doing. And again, send us some questions. Um, We appreciate Sue and Ryan and Josh sending some questions on this week. Look forward to another episode of The Mail Bag a week from now, as well as continuing to bring you uh, some great content and some great conversations with the ISO. So thanks again.